we've been in our series on the Holy Spirit for a long time, hadn't we? Long time. And really enjoyed teaching about the Holy Spirit. And I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 12 and talk a little bit more about it tonight. Do a few things. Um, so, as we've talked about for a long time, as we've read 1 Corinthians 12, and especially this first verse, it says, now concerning spiritual gifts, it says in, in the King James or the New King James, but it's in italics, the word gifts is. So we've talked for a long time about um, that word not being there, and that this chapter is not so much about personal gifts. I got some ringing, I think, coming. Can you tone me down just a tab? Um, it's not so much as gifts that belong to each and every one of us, but it's, it, it has to do with the word in verse 7 that says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So I can, I, I, what, he, what he doesn't want us to be ignorant of is the manifestation of the Spirit of God in our lives day to day. God doesn't want us to be ignorant of the manifestation of His Spirit and what that manifestation really looks like and how to operate in it, how to allow it to flow in and through our lives. The manifestation, say that. The manifestation of the Spirit in us, through us, to the rest of the world. The world needs it. The person of the Holy Spirit is our help. He's the one that has come to help us, to reveal things to us. And in His help, as we draw from His help, there is these times of manifestation that bring profit to anybody and everybody that it operates in and through, but to everybody else that comes in contact with it. It's to profit everybody, right? The manifestation of the Spirit. So just a reminder tonight of, of the different manifestations that we've talked about starting, starting in verse 8. So verse 1 says, don't be ignorant of these things. Verse 7 says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And verse 8 says, To one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but the one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. It says, it says in verse 11, But one and the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, works all these things, all these manifestations that we just talked about, distributing to each one individually as He wills. And I don't necessarily believe that He means, you know, when he says to one a word of wisdom, well, that, that, that one, he can give Jessica a word of wisdom, okay, for a specific person. It'll profit her, it'll profit the people that she speaks it to. 
He can give Isabel another one a word of knowledge, okay? It'll profit her and the people that she speaks to. But then he can give Jessica a word of knowledge, okay? To one, he gives a word in the moment when someone needs it. But you can, she can be somewhere, she can be somewhere, he can be somewhere. Each one of us can be somewhere, and we can be the one that God... I mean, all of us could give a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge to someone else on the same day in different locations. So he's not talking about... So he gives to Dale a word of wisdom. He gives to Isabel a word of knowledge. He gives discerning of spirits to Jessica. And, then, and, and so that's their gift. See, that's the problem with that word gifts. That's been the problem, I think, in the body of Christ. The reason that we've not seen more fruit bore from things like this. Because we see them as something that belonged to us. They're His. And, and when He needs us to operate in those, He will cause those to go through us if we have a relationship with Him. If we know how to hear His voice. So tonight, I want to I I just give you a couple thoughts through a passage through two or three passages of scripture and then and then we're going to do a little bit of demonstration of these gifts and and see some of these in operations but my encouragement tonight is for you to be prepared and ready day to day now let's look at psalm 23 psalm 23 So what I'm going to just share with you over the next few minutes is, is to me, the, the key to the operation of the man, these manifestations of the Spirit. This is the key. There's really one main key to this, and this is it. We've talked about it a little bit on and off throughout these weeks that we've taught on this. But I want to just really drive this point home tonight. Psalm 23, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Everybody say, leads me. So he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? Because he leads me. Right? The key is me knowing his leading. That's the key that unlocks these manifestations of the Spirit day to day. No matter where you go, what you do, God has equipped us and and he's helping us to operate and, and function in life the way he created us to operate and function. He created us to help people. We were not created to be the ones that always need help from someone else. He's the helper. He wants us to be helped by Him so we can help other people. You say, well, well, then God didn't create other people to be helped. No, and all of us need help at different times when we're not getting certain things. But we don't want to always just be on the end of having to be helped for every situation because we have the helper and He's here to help us. Right? 
and, and we need to see ourselves as being the instrument that the helper works through to help others. Remember, these manifestations profit everybody, right? They're for the good and the profit of every human being. So he said, he said right here, uh, back up to verse 2 again, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Who does? The, the shepherd of our soul. He leads us beside still waters. He restores our soul. And in that restoring, he leads us in the paths of what's right. For his name's sake, yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil. Why? Because, because he's leading us. He leads us in, in and through those times and those places. Because there's valleys of the shadow of death. There's death everywhere. There's destruction everywhere. And God is always leading us. So he's, notice, he's not leading us to show us what death is like. He's leading us through life where there's all kinds of death to the left, right, everywhere you look. And, but he's still leading us, right? And when we know and we're aware of his leading and we hear him and we, and we know that it's him, then he can have his way in and through us so that we'll have the demonstration of what he wants coming out of us. What we say, what, what, what we, our attitudes, our ideas, all, all of that comes from him. So we're demonstrating those things and benefiting mankind. God needs you to benefit mankind. The world needs you, right? The world needs you and I to be connected to God. So it says he leads us. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's the last part of verse 4. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. It says he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Why? How How can that truly happen? Because he leads us. It's because he's leading me, and in, in his leading, uh, as I'm following, that's what happens. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What, what, what's a table prepared for? Man, to eat, to feast, right? No matter what comes against us, I'm overcoming, and he prepares a table in the midst of no matter what the enemy does. Because if I'm hearing him and he's leading me, there's amazing things that will that go on and that will happen. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Why? Because he's leading me. So wherever I'm going, mercy and, and, and grace and truth are following me because I'm being led by him. But they don't follow people that aren't led by him. Everybody say... I'm led by God. We're living our lives led by God. Amen? And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You can, you can see the concept there. The, the, the need, the absolute need to be led. Amen? You remember what, what Mary said to the servants? Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding feast. Right in there, and somewhere in, I think it was in John 2, right at the beginning of his earthly ministry, but actually before it even started. And that's where he turned the water in, uh, in, into wine. And, and he told the servants, Whatever he tells you to do, do it. 
Okay? So he would have had, the, the, the servants then had to hear him say, get those pots. Yeah. Right? So, so he's leading their actions. Get the pots, the empty pots. Fill them up with water. Pots are filled up with water. He's having to hear them, so they're, he's leading them in the, what they're supposed to do. And as they're doing what he said, what happens? Water's turned into wine. There's a, the, the manifestation of a miracle happened. How, how many people know that water has never been turned into wine? Ever. Except right there. I mean, unless God told someone else to do it and we don't have any record of it. But that's never been done before, right? Water was turned into wine. The only thing, the, the thing that stands between me and these manifestations of the Spirit are me being led by what He says. Whatever He tells you to do, do it. So if I'm confident that God is telling me to do something and I have a word of wisdom for someone, if he tells you to do it, do it. If I have a word of knowledge for someone, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And when you do it, it will profit everybody around. It'll profit you and everybody around you. It'll profit the people that you speak to. And I'm going to talk in a moment about what that looks like to deliver that type of a word to, a, to an individual person. Um, in John 16, look at just the 13th and 14th verse of John 16. Verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you the things to come. But, the, but there's a key word right here. There's a, there's a key statement here that, that is really important with, to, to apply to what we're talking about right here. What we need, what, what, what does it say that he will do? He will guide you. In other words, he will lead you into the truth of something. Right? I, I, I need the truth about what to do, where to go, how to do it, what to say. I need the truth. He will guide you into all truth. There lies the key there's really only one key to these manifestations of the Spirit that were created, that are there and available to us to help us and help all mankind, to cause there to be a prophet to manifest in people's lives. And it's that we've got to be guided toward what is true about every situation, no matter what it is. It says the Spirit of truth came to guide us into the truth of a situation. I want, I want the truth. I don't want, I don't want my life to just be trying to find the truth. I want the truth. I want to know what to do. Amen? 
And it says, He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will tell you things that are to come. So I've got to know what the truth is about every situation. Remember what, again, what Mary said? Whatever He tells you to do, do it. Amen? Now, Romans 8 and verse 8. Just hold your place right there in in verse 8 and look at the 12th chapter and the second verse. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. Romans 12, 2. He says, do not be conformed to this world, this age. This is Romans 12, 2 in the Amplified. Fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and new and its new attitude. There's new ideas, there's new ways of thinking, new attitudes that have to become part of us, so that you may prove for yourselves that what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In other words, what the truth is. How does that happen? By the renewing of your mind. By changing your ideas and your attitudes. Now, as we're talking about something that is the key, we're talking about being led. And and that it's the key to seeing the manifestations of the Spirit of God work on our behalf every day. God God wants you... I, I told you Sunday that... Two things that, to me, are are just absolute key. There's a lot of things that create a package of what what it takes to develop a relationship with God. But Sunday I talked about two things. Number one, reading your Bible. Reading your Bible. I gave you those statistics of people, how many Bibles that there are in America. How How many Bibles in the average home. There are five Bibles average in every home. Anybody that has a Bible, there's an average of five, almost, 4.5 Bibles per household in America. But less than 10% of people read their Bible regularly. There's something that happens when you just read it. Not, not, not talking about, I mean, there's times to do word studies and, and, and word searches and, and, and really dig things out. But there's something about reading the Bible that, that begins to make a change in your life that you'll never know if you don't do it. You know why? Because from the moment that you wake up, there's an information highway out there that is flooding your soul. Right? If you, if you're, if it's customary for you in, in, as you wake up in the morning to turn on the news and watch the news, you're getting, you're getting inundated with information, most of it that's negative and that has to do with death and destruction. Most of it. And if you're not reading your Bible, 
I'm talking about, and I shared with you Sunday, some of the best places to read. I, I, I do it once or twice or three times a year. I'll read uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I'll read the book of Hebrews by itself. I'll read, I'll read the book of Romans by itself. I'll read the Gospels by itself. Just different ways to read through the Bible. I told you, if you've never read through the Bible, to start in Genesis is not the place to start. That's just my opinion. You, you'll get to about chapter 40 and get bored. Because you don't understand, you need to understand some things that have to do with who you are in Christ first and foremost, so that you can begin to understand the Bible. But you've got to read the Bible, and then in reading the Bible, you've got to know how to pray. Right? That's why we've been talking about the Holy Spirit for so long. That's why we prayed for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues, so you can pray in the Spirit and then pray with the understanding. Those two things are vital to a, an, an, an intimate, ongoing, developing relationship with God. If you don't have those two things working in your life, or, or, or at least developing in your life, you're not going to have a real relationship with God. That's why, that's why most people have a solid relationship with the newscasters. They know them, know all about them, their families, everything, and, and people are, are identified with newscasters. How, how many like the news? I, I do. I like, the, I like watching the news. I don't watch it a whole lot, but I like it, you know, and I, and, I, and I like to get some kind of information, but there's something, you know, I, I mean, I come from a whole line and history of family that just love the news. You know, we were trained to love the news. There's something about, you know, as a kid going to sleep, and you could hear the news playing. You know, there's just something real comfort, comforting about that. And all that's really good, but you got to get new ideas and new attitudes and get liberated and free of that, and you need to get the Word working and playing all the time on the inside of you. Because if you don't, if you don't, there's no ongoing connection with God. Now, here lies the key to the leading part right here in Romans 8. This is the key to being led, okay? Starting with verse 8. Now watch this. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. How, how many are born again in, in here tonight? You're born of the Spirit of God and you know it. Lift your hand up high. You know you're born again, okay? Then, verse 8 is not you. Verse 8's not you. Or that scripture is a lie and God doesn't lie. He can't lie. Okay, let's go back to verse 8 again. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Okay? And what is the flesh? That word flesh there is carnal. It's the five physical senses. Those who are in the five and live and operate in the five physical senses and, and they give precedence to that and they let what they see, feel, taste, touch, and hear and all dictate how life is and how it's going to be, okay? They can't please God. But if you're born again, then that's not you. Right? Right? That's what it said. You just raised your hand and said you're born again, so that's not you. 
Now, the deal is this. This is the deal. You and I are wired. We're wired for Holy Ghost. We're wired for His ideas and His attitude. That's what we're wired for. That's what He's saying right here. See, if you're in the flesh and you're allowing the ideas of the flesh and and what man thinks about all kinds, if you're letting that rule and control your life, you can't please God. Why? What pleases God? Faith and faith alone. Faith and trust that God is who He said He is and not these circumstances out here trying to rule and control my life. I don't give in to that. You were wired to have faith and believe God. That's the way you were wired. That's why you can say, and you need to make this a part of your confession every day, that's not me. I'm not of the flesh. I'm not a person that's not pleasing God. I'm not a person that's given into the flesh and being moved by everything I see, feel, taste, touch, or hear. Right? That's not me. I wasn't wired that way. God didn't create me that way. God created me to trust Him and believe in Him and have faith in Him. And that's what I'm growing in every day. And I have a relationship with God. I don't care what it looks like or if anybody else thinks I do or not. But I do, bless God. How about you? I'm telling you that's the attitude that you have to embrace because He said that's the way He made you. You're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. Not yet. If you're not born again, you don't have him yet. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. Listen to this verse right here. Just write it down and remember it. Romans 6.14 For sin shall not have dominion over me, for I am not under the law, but I'm under grace. That's the way God created me. That's the way God created you. That's where God has positioned us. I'm not under the law, I'm under grace. Say that, I'm not under the law. I'm under grace. As a result of that, sin shall not have dominion over me. I was not wired to give in to sin. I was not wired to disobey. I was wired to obey. And if Christ is in you, verse 10, the body, this is Romans 8, 10, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives inside of you and I. And so the spirit is life in us because we're the righteousness of God in Christ because of what he did, not because of how good we are. Everybody in here has missed the mark and everybody in here somewhere down the road, as long as you're on this earth, you'll miss it again, but you don't have to miss it on purpose. You don't have to choose to miss it. You can choose to do what's right. So, in essence, we don't have to miss it, but 
You probably will, but we were already forgiven before we missed it, so we're not under the law, we're under grace. We're not under the condemnation of what sin tries to tell us, this is the way it is anymore. No, I am the righteousness of God in Christ, and I embrace that in everything that I face, no matter what. That, listen, that's the only reason I can preach. The only reason I can stand up here and preach, because I'm right in Him. I'm right. Amen? I'm after the truth. I'm after doing what's right. Have I screwed up? Absolutely. Have I made mistakes? Absolutely. And, and, and if I was under the law and I was listening to those thoughts and ideas of the enemy telling me, well, you can't preach because you said this. You can't do that because you acted ugly the other day to somebody. You can't do that because you did this thing. No, 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 no. I'm forgiven. Does that give me a license and this desire to want to mess up and, and do things wrong? No, I want to be right even more than I ever have before. Because where do you get that from? You get that from this relationship with God. See, when the relationship develops, and I'm not just doing things and going through the motions of it, and it becomes something that's real to me, in this relationship with God, I want what's right. Then, then, and, and, and all of a sudden, I begin to see myself in passages of Scripture like this when I read it. See, when I read verse 9, I see myself there. But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in Oh, man, the Spirit of God's in me. I, I'm, I don't walk in the flesh. I don't walk after the things of the flesh. I don't walk after ungodliness. I don't do ungodly things. I don't disobey. Everything He tells me to do, that's what I do. See, see, it doesn't, I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not, in my quiet time, I'm not saying that with 45 other people listening to me say that. I'm saying it to you right now, but when I say that over myself, that's between me and God, Amen. right? No, 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 I, I don't miss it. I don't wake up prepared to miss it and think, well, I'm going to miss it somewhere in the day, so I might as well just cuss now, right? I, I, I might as well just cut somebody off in traffic because I'm going to screw up anyway, so I might as well just be ugly and, and, and throw somebody a bird and let them know, you know, it, it's, it, it's going to be an ugly day. What? That's not me. I'm not in the flesh. I don't do fleshly things. I don't, I don't, I, I don't turn to the flesh and, and allow the flesh to have its way. But this is what I do. What he says here in verse 11. This is what we do. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and he does. Everybody say, he does. He who raised Christ from the dead. Did you raise Christ from the dead? Absolutely not. He did. Daddy did. Our father did. Father God raised Jesus from the dead. Right? If he raised him from the dead, uh, in the middle of verse 11. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Verse 12. Therefore, brethren, you're not in debt. You're not indebted to the flesh, in other words. To live according to the flesh. If you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if you live by the Spirit... You put to death the deeds of the body, then you'll live. Do, do you see the difference? He, so, he, so he's saying, so he's saying we're, we're not living our life 
aware and conscious of all the mistakes we make because if you're doing that, you're going to die. And that word die there is not ceasing to exist. That word die there is destruction. You're going to live a destructive life because you're always carrying around with you all your mistakes, how bad this is, all always focused on the flesh and what's going on out here instead of the things of the Spirit. Now listen, everybody sitting in here tonight is susceptible to that lifestyle. But here's the key. This is the key. And what I'm teaching on tonight, I'm going to end with this right here. But this is the key. It's verse, what we just read, verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if you live by the Spirit and you put to death the deeds of this body, then you'll live. What do we read in Romans 12? The renewing of the mind causes new ideas and new attitudes to be developed. How often? Every day. You and I need to be growing up in our ideas, our attitudes on a daily basis. And you put that stuff to flight, you put that stuff to death every day, you die to your flesh every day, you die to what you want to do every day, then you're open. What, what, what's happening is you're developing a relationship with God so that you're open to operate in the manifestation of faith, in the manifestation of the word of wisdom in the manifestation of the word of knowledge, in the manifestation of the gifts of healings. Somewhere down the road, all of these manifestations in, in, in people's minds were intended for high-performance preachers. And that's so far from the truth, I can't even tell you. This was intended for every human being with the Spirit of God on the inside of him. Do you know how many people need to be encouraged by you? You've got to change your ideas and attitudes because God may have a word of wisdom that he wants you to give to somebody you don't even like. Man, you've got to change your ideas and you've got to die to that stuff. Did you hear what I'm saying? Well, so if, if Joey's got a word of wisdom that he needs to give to Justin and he doesn't even like Justin, Justin did something and ticked him off and he doesn't even like him and he's got a word of wisdom and something's brewing that he's got something he's supposed to give him, um, he's got he's to get over what? Self? Maybe an offense? Maybe... Uh, Maybe just a misunderstanding that he just supposed that something was a certain way, and that's not even what Justin meant. Man, so, so what does that take? That takes being the bigger person, taking the high road, and saying, you know what? This, is, this thing's dead. I, I, I'm not giving place to that. I'm, I'm actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy Justin a gift and give him a gift before I give him that word of wisdom or word of knowledge, or whatever. See, see, when you get something from God for somebody, uh, if it's really from God, I mean, you'll have it today, you'll have it next week, you'll have it next month, you'll still have it. And sometimes God will say something to you, and then He wants you to trust Him by faith to hold on to that thing and to, for the opportune time. I can't tell you how many times God's given me something for somebody else, but it wasn't for right then. 
And he's, he wants to see, he, God wants, and, and see, God knows what we're going to do. God knows what you'll do. But he's helping you, and, and the more you submit and do it just exactly the way he tells you, if, 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 if God gave, gives me a word of knowledge <clears throat> um, for Joey, and, and, and let's say the word of knowledge was grow up, but I want to add to it. You know, uh, I feel like God's telling, no, 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 don't, don't give all that stuff. Just say, you know what? God just told me, I don't know, I don't know what this means. Just I hear the words grow up. And, and in the back of your mind, you may think that means one thing, okay? But to him, it can mean something totally different. Beck, you remember, remember uh, the guy from Arizona that came years ago? Wagner. Huh? Wagner? No. Gordon, Glenn Gordon. Yeah, from Arizona. You remember him? And he, he, he talked about this, this word he had for this person. It was for a woman. And uh, he thought to himself, man, it just seems like, what the heck? Why am I even given this word? I don't know why. Just all of a sudden, I remembered this word. And the word was princess. And it was a lady that seemed like maybe she was in her 40s or 50s or whatever. And he kept hearing that word. And he said, you know what? The, the Lord gives me this word of knowledge for you. And it's just this one word and it's princess. And this woman, this one, you know, in, in the back of his mind, he, he, you could think that, well, you know, God just wants you to know you're his princess or something. Well, that didn't mean that, that to her at all. What it meant had to do with something. I don't remember the whole story, but it had something to do with when she was a little girl. Something that, that somebody said to her, and then she never felt that way. And when he gave her that word, man, it just like, just exploded on the inside of her. But, but in the natural, a lot of times, when, when you get a word of wisdom or, or, or a word of knowledge for someone, you've you got to turn your mind off. Because a lot of times, people get messed up See, they revert to the flesh and they look at the natural and they look at a person and they think that that person needs this word. Well, that's not a word. That's not a word because the word nine and a half times out of ten is not going to even relate to the person based on how they look. And so many times that's where people have given words of wisdom and knowledge based on what they see with their eyes or what they think or what comes to their mind. I mean, 10 times out of 10, every word that I've ever given that was from God made absolutely no sense to my natural mind. It was what God knew because nobody knows the thoughts or has the understanding of another person except the Spirit of God. So how can you know? Based on on looking at someone, someone may have this this facade in in the natural and they've got this wall up because they're in fear in their life and and, and they look like they got it all together and they're just perfectly dressed and everything's all this. But down on the inside, there's deep fear and God may say something to you. God says, you know, he wants you delivered of that fear. Well, in the natural, you look at that person, well, they're not afraid of anything. It's because they got this big wall up, but God knows. You don't know. There's no way you know that. And God won't give you a book to give to them. He didn't say He'll give you the book of wisdom. No, He said He'll give you a word. You see, the word is just, it's encouragement. Listen to me. I can't tell you how much God wants to use you in this. 
I can't tell you how much God wants you to step out and be used by him every day. You know how you do it? You do what, what, what he said here. You put to death the deeds of your flesh. Not, not allowing your life to be controlled by that, but you ask him every day. Father, help me with this. I want to be used by you. Show me. Show me where to go. Show me what to say. God, I'm asking you to show me, reveal to me things to say. Give me the people that you want me to say something to. And, and you, you know what God will do with me a lot? What he's done with me is he's developed these things on the inside of me. He, he'll, he'll take me by somebody and, and all of a sudden I'll gravitate toward a person somewhere just in the community. You know, I've always got five or six or eight or ten people that, that, I, that I'm praying for or aware of you know, because of my repeat visits to, to, you know, just different locations, places of business that I go and, and visit on, on a regular basis. And so God will send me to those places and he'll, and, and, and all of a sudden he'll just say, I, I've got something f- through you for that person. You just be faithful. Sometimes he'll have me just kind of develop a, a real casual relationship with that person, you know? And, and then over time, there'll be something because they're ready to receive it. Only he knows that. See, God, help me to know when to say something, when to shut up, when to only give something that is coming from you. God, show me those things. So every day, if you ask him those things, he'll answer you. He'll show you. He'll give you that. And, and one of the best things that I can do on a daily basis to be aware of how and what to say to people is by praying in the Spirit. If you don't practice praying in the Spirit on a regular basis, then there's nothing for Him to reveal. Because as we read different times through this study in 1 Corinthians 14, what we're to do, we've taught this for years around here, to pray in the Spirit and then pray with the understanding. That's what he wants to bring to us. He wants to reveal to us what to say, how to say it, when to say, and who to say things to. Because God has not called you to everybody on the planet. God hasn't called you to wake up every morning and rush somewhere and just have a word for somebody just because you think that's what they need. Remember, this is as he wills it. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm taking responsibility for the church. And maybe a lot of the church doesn't agree with me about this, but I feel like the church has screwed this up royally. And we, we have played around with this thing, and we've called these things our gifts, and oh, well, this guy's got this gift, this woman has this gift, and they do this. And no, th- these are not gifts. These are manifestations of the Spirit of God who is the helper to help us be what God wants us to be, and to help us help other people with these things flowing through us. That's the way we're created to be. And you don't have to be weird with it. You don't have to be strange. Listen, if you're somewhere in a public place, and you feel like you have something for somebody, and you start out with, Thus saith God! And you start moving your face and doing all kinds of twinkling things and, you know, kind of jerks and and gyrations and all that kind. You're going to freak people out. You're just going to freak people out. I mean, if, if God has something to say, he can say it to where somebody around us will get it. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
He, 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 he will give you things to say that doesn't have to have this appearance that it's strange and weird. It doesn't have to be weird. Okay? If something comes off that's not norm, and, and, and it's not the norm, and if something comes off in such a way that is strange, that's okay too. Things can be strange, but they don't have to be weird. We don't have to be weird people that the rest of the world is running from. We, we, we have to be anointed people that they're drawn to. Like, I mean, like we're human magnets that they're drawn to. We want people drawn to us, not running away from us. And I'm telling you, God will just show you. I didn't say it's not going to be different. It's going to be different. I mean, most people that you have a word for in a public place, and when I'm talking about public place, that's where I feel like a lot of this is for. It's a one-on-one thing in public places. Because it's out there where people are open and susceptible to it. More than you think people are open for you to pray for them, to give them a word. If you see somebody that's not well in their bodies, you know, a lot of times I'll pray for people in a, in a grocery store line or some, somewhere. I'll, I'll, I'll lay my hand, hey, can I pray for you? Man, people, they'll turn around. They're not going, oh, you know, what are people going to th-? They're not doing that. If they're not well, they want well. They want to be well. And if they find somebody that actually believes, that's what happened with Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood, she believed he really believed it. And her faith was, he said, your faith has made you whole. Where was her faith in? Her faith was in the fact that he believed it. So if you're standing in HEB and you see somebody in front of you and all of a sudden inside of you, you sense something and God's trying to get something over to you, Go back and listen to all the, uh, all the different manifestations that we talked about and how to operate in those and watch God do amazing things with you that way. Because I promise you, people out there need help. But they don't need my help. They need His help through me. I want what I give to people to be the manifestation of the Spirit of God. Can you say amen? Not anything else. These are manifestations. Manifestations. 